Optimize My Life, the ultimate radio show where we unlock the secrets to living our best lives. Now, before we dive into this exciting journey of self-improvement and empowerment, I want to take a moment to thank our incredible sponsor, The Hope Collection, for making this show possible. Their unwavering commitment to spreading hope and positivity in our lives is truly remarkable. We believe in the power of interaction, so we want you to be a part of this incredible journey. Call in, write to us, or connect on social media. We'd love to hear your questions, experiences, and challenges. Together, we'll create a thriving community of like-minded individuals, supporting each other to thrive and shine. Welcome. I really need to change that wording for the show. <laughs> it doesn't quite fit. It doesn't, does it? <clears throat> I like the music, though. It's most of my shows. I love the music. There's a few other ones I'm going to send you to have you look at, listen to, look at. Okay. One of them days. All righty. So, welcome to Voices of Hope. The CSCLY radio show with your host, Chris Foley. Hello, everybody. I hope you're having a wonderful evening. Uh, and I believe. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, it is almost Halloween. It is almost Halloween. Really need to keep an eye on our kids. Yeah. Yeah. Mine mine doesn't go trick-or-treating without me. (laughs) Even though he's 15. Ha. You know, that could be a good thing, because I remember the things I did when I was 15, trick-or-treating. It is a good thing. He's a hoodlum. <laughs> <laughs> the toilet paper and the eggs. Yeah. Well, they don't do that anymore. problem is, when we were kids, we were forced to clean it up. We didn't get criminal charges. Now, when kids do stupid things like that, they end up, you know, in handcuffs and in juvie. Yeah. Not like it used to be. Definitely a different time. I tend to reminisce a lot about my childhood to my son, letting him know how much he missed out on in the 80s. <laughs> right? And as we were talking about that the other day, our son was doing something stupid and he was getting frustrated with them. And I go, just think back of all the dumb things you did. Yep. And you tell them about the dumb things you do, and you expect them not to do the dumb things you do? No, they got to try it. That's it. Yeah. Got to let them learn from their mistakes at some point, right? Yeah. Problem is, is mine are seven and nine, and dumb things involve chemistry experiments with household items and ends up a mess somewhere. Science experiments, huh? Oh, yeah. Fun. fun. So, So, uh, you have a huge launch coming tomorrow. Yeah, I do. Uh, Tomorrow morning is the beginning of season two of Alienation via the State. Uh, which is focused, obviously, mostly on parental alienation, but uh, we're trying to focus on a broader spectrum of alienation because the uh, aisle seems to be quite divided as far as that goes in between uh, vindictive parents filing false reports, making false accusations, to 
doctors in hospitals, teachers making reports that don't need to be made uh, before further investigation and children being ripped away from their families. Uh, trying to cover a lot about uh, not not really uh, getting rid of PCS altogether as a whole. I had to move my my sons decided to play in the dog's water dish. Yeah, it's cement floor, so we're good. Now, getting rid of CPS, why does, and I know we've never talked about that. And you, you, you want to modify the system and make it work. Why is it with so many people, it's like black or white. Either you have it or you get rid of it. There's no fixing. Hate. It's hate. Because you don't really find people that don't have skin in the game. Uh, People get into the parental alienation realm and uh, activism because they've already been hurt by it. So there is a lot of hate, a lot of resentment. And because they've been hurt, you know, it's like having a child that's dead but you know it's still walking around so I I understand the anti-CPS crowd you know wanting to shut it down but then you have kids like Gabriel Fernandez every day on my uh, news feed I see seven to ten cases of parents killing their own children where does that leave them? In order to save these kids that have been taken by CPS, we have to let how many die in order to do that. That doesn't seem like a rational decision to me. Uh, and and you see the, the division everywhere, really. Uh, people yeah. fight for a certain demographic of child. I don't see much of a point in that either because they're all being hurt. They're all under attack. So if we can take, if we can take all those people and put them in the same room, then we can have everybody fighting for all the kids. But then we run into this division again. The more, Right, but the problem is, is the more we keep them segregated and we keep dividing everybody up, the quieter the voices are. Right. There's and the more you get together, louder the voice. Yep. Yeah. I've I've approached probably fifteen hundred to seventeen hundred uh, parental rights groups and advocacy groups on Facebook. And uh, they will literally shut you out. Uh, My Facebook group, anybody who is into advocacy is more than welcome to post anything they want. I don't do AI. I go through them personally, me or my wife, because we want to take that time. We don't want it to be loaded with ads or pornographic material from bots but we want people's voices to be heard there I'm pretty sure that's why I called it the collective (laughs) but I don't know it seems to make more sense if we want to work as a team Why do I feel like I've lost somebody? I think I have. No, you didn't. I didn't realize oh. I was muted. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My timer stopped, so I wasn't even sure whether or not we were still recording. Oh, we are live. We're going. Okay. Um. 
the sad part is, is that you do, it's like a full-time job on a Facebook group to weed out all this crap. And it's just the noise to help hide the issues and get people talking. Right. But see, even, even still then, I, uh, my Facebook page is clean. I've got no bots on my page or anything like I pretty much have had a conversation with everybody on my page. I do that before I'll let them in most of the time. But there's still no interaction. Like we, we post some pretty heavy topics at times. And uh, Jay, the guy that called in last week, uh, he posts on our page uh, his CPS protect uh, little blog pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and he puts, he puts a lot of effort into those things. There's a lot of awesome information in his posts. And there's conversations do not start. I, I have to offend somebody before they'll come and talk to me. So I'm wondering if maybe I should just start being offensive. <laughs> you could, but, you know, I can help you with that. Get, get the conversations going, get you out there more. Right. I'm hoping. Because that's what I look for is the conversations. I want to find solutions. I don't want to just post memes complaining about the situation or complaining to other people about the situation. Dan, that doesn't help anything. No. Here in Florida, when uh, we're outside working and somebody's complaining about the heat, we tell them to shut up because it just makes us think about that heat and we don't want (laughs) to. I don't know. I feel like if we're just complaining about the problem, then that's all we're thinking about is the problem. If we're just trying to cancel things, then there's going to be a whole demographic that's just left to the wind. And I just, I, in my heart, I can't deal with that. <clears throat> Am I wrong? No, you are completely right. (laughs) I could take a phone call from somebody out there. Maybe I can get their opinion. The problem is is you have to build your following on your stuff to uh, get you out there because it's really hard to find you. Yeah? Uh, Yep. I can Google me. Here's a trick with Google, though, is that if you use your own account to Google, uh-huh. it'll automatically pull you up. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't. I use everybody else's just to check. Maybe I'll have to do some more checking. The funny but thing let's is, talk about, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that the say funny thing is, is I, uh, I decided to start a gaming stream with my son to try and, uh, you know, converse a little bit with the younger crowd, get their opinions. And I, uh, <clears throat> I posted the video for the stream and I got more hits on that than I did anything about my podcasts. Yep. <laughs> so I think that's what might be where I have to go. As far and as you want, you know, conversation. <laughs> what were you saying? Um, you kind of want to hit them anyway, just for um, bring awareness. Yeah, we've been planning this for a long out- time. Yeah, they need a voice, for sure. They do. We're getting ready 
to, um, I don't even belong to your group. That I did. Or do you ignore me? No, I just got it. Um, I love that question on your group. Do you work for CPS or DHS? <laughs> I want to know. I want to know whether or not they have in the in the past either. Because I'm hoping for an ex-CPS worker to come forward and blow a whistle. Tell me some of the juice. Yeah. <clears throat> They're far and few in between. Yeah. Tell me about it. The only one I found so far that was willing to do anything was Jay. And uh, he started CPS Protect. He went straight rebel. Started fighting against him. He's, uh, he's um, kind of my superhero, I got to admit. <laughs> what were you saying? A couple of them social workers. We could contact a couple of them social workers from the documentary of um, Gabriel Hernandez from L.A. County. The ones who went to prison? Uh-huh. No, the one, the whistleblower that didn't go to prison. Oh, that'd be a good idea. I could dig that. Yeah, when we started our I'm ride. Glad. <clears throat> sorry. When we uh, started our ride. I'm glad they're starting to finally put them. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lag, don't we? Go. We do. I have my headset in today. I'm not directly linked. Gotcha. I was going to say, when uh, me and my son started our ride across country, that's where we were headed, was uh, L.A. County, because we wanted to talk with the whistleblower and uh, Gabriel's family. He was a big influence in starting CSCLY. There's another one that I would love to get in contact with. Um, I think it's on Peacock. It's either on Peacock or it's on um, Discovery Plus. Um, the little boy that mom basically sold his son without the dad's knowledge. I, I got to go through my playlist. Mm, I can't but they're finding the out there's a big... There's a big trafficking ring down in San Antonio, Texas. Oh, yeah. And every time they get close, they move. Right. Yeah, Got to stay mobile when you're doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But that's like the whole, you know... You brought up a good point with this whole parent alienation thing and about, you know, doctors. I know with hey, my... Mom? Yes. Why did you steal that door? I didn't... Just go away, please. No, I was asking. Mom's on the phone. Go away, please. Go I... deal with your dad. Dad can go. I was asking. Why did you steal the door? Oh, I love children. They're great. They have, they are awesome. Um, Ariana, she's got an issue between her long-term and short-term memory. It's part of her autism issue. And so something uh-huh. may happen six months ago or a year ago, but to her it happened yesterday. It's like when you're two, you're like, remember when I was a baby? It happened right. yesterday. Yeah. She hasn't grown <laughs> out of that yet. Right. Yeah. So out of nowhere, gone. things will hit her. Yeah. My son will say things like, remember when I was a kid? Yeah, yeah, it's now. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. You know, for a parent, it's scary when your kids are not quite feeling well and you don't know what it is. Because you Mm -hmm. bring them to the doctor, they tell you there's nothing wrong. But you know there's something wrong. And if you bring them to the doctor too many times where you get too many second opinions, then you're a Munchausen parent who's making up things. Yeah. And you deal with it. 
you know, thank goodness we're going through that right now with my son who's got stomach issues. Mm-hmm. And we have an advocate through our insurance company. And I sat down and told her, I go, this is what's wrong. This is what he said. But he's autistic and he has issues talking. So they're, they don't want to fix the problem until it has to be fixed. They don't want to mess with him. And I go, I will take him to every doctor I can to get it fixed. There's something wrong. Kids need, don't need all these drugs to poop and eat and whatever. If you tell me he's healthy, what you tell me he is. Without, and I don't want to deal with social services telling me that I'm making this up because my kid doesn't eat. She's like, no, right. we're going to figure this out. So we're now we're going. Because I was afraid to keep taking him in every week and have nothing very wrong, nothing being wrong. Because he just had that article in every magazine and the documentary on it, you know, that lady that her child had that rare disorder and she lost her kid. And by the time she got him back, it was too late. Right. Let's see. I want to say I had it pulled up. It's something that I wanted to talk about, that Netflix movie. Because that was... Uh, Exactly that. She took her daughter in. And uh, because they wouldn't do anything, she got very upset. And uh, found a mistake that they had made. Instead of admitting the mistake, they called CPS and had her daughter taken from her and her husband. Yep. Maya. Maya. Yeah. That's her name. Her name was Maya. I can't remember the name of the movie. No, not for the life of me. That's not. Damn my memory. (laughs) (sighs) So, I would, uh, I would like to talk a little bit the uh, larger scale of the spectrum as far as alienation via the state goes and kind of what we focus a little bit on uh, at the collective. Um, Saving Maya. Saving Maya. <laughs> That's the name of the movie. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, the larger scope of alienation via the state in America goes. Um, well, Mary, have you heard anything or know anything about uh, the Carlisle in- Indian Industrial School? Yeah. But, uh, we just got done watching a documentary on it. Oh, yeah? It's on Discovery Plus. Ah, okay. That, uh, School systems don't teach history in school. They teach you how to be better citizens, but they don't really teach you crap. So we teach different things. Right. Well, pretty much the same things that they taught in the Carlisle Indian Industrial School. How to be a worker ant instead of a human, instead of a free man or a free woman. Uh, you remember the quote from one of the graduates at the Carlisle Indian Industrial School? No, I don't. Kill the Indian. Other than the kill, save the man. Save the man. That quote went on. That covered black folks. That covered white folks. It wasn't just the Indians that they were trying to do that to. It was all of us. And history will tell you that because at the same time, it was happening in Africa. Well, not Africa, Australia. And a short time later, the same thing started happening in Africa. It, uh, It strikes me as odd. They tried it in South America with the natives there. 
you know, they were a little more rebellious. Yeah. <laughs> they still are. Right. Uh, it was the same in France when they started killing parents because of the plague. It left hundreds of thousands of children orphans. So they uh, started their own gangs. And, you know, they started their foster system, their halfway houses. And tried to do the same things to the kids over there. So it just astounds me how it's written blatantly into our history books that children are continuously mistreated. And there's only patches of us willing to stand up and fight against it. Mm-hmm. Well, look at the miners and all the kids that died in the mines. Right? Yeah, forcing the kids to work the mines. But, you know, they really don't, you know, it's like um, in Minnesota here, we have the Owatonnas Orphanage School, Mm -hmm. which is right down the road from us. But they don't talk about all the stuff that happened in these schools, in these orphanages, and how many we use the children as slave labor. Right. Little Orphan Annie, perfect example which is based on a real story. Right. I missed that movie. I think I might have to watch that again. My son has that never seen any of the classics. my favorite movie growing up. <laughs> really? Yeah. My kids love the classics. Oh. But then again, yeah. you know, these kids now think the classics are, you know, 90s movies. Right, you know, back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> Their life is like, they can't believe that, you know, life is on the internet. Really? What did you do all day? We really played. We did really dumb things. Yeah, mine is allowed six hours a day, and three of that is school, as far as the computer goes. Ours do five hours a day, but then four hours of that is actual school. Ah. Yeah, and he is extremely restricted. He doesn't get YouTube and TikTok and all that stuff. I am I am definitely a uh, internet Nazi. Hmm. But that's the problem, though, is so many parents don't do that, don't monitor what their kids are doing, and yeah. don't know what their kids are doing. You know, as no. they go, well, I have access to your account. They go, well, yeah, that's a big account. You know, most kids turn around and create their own. You know, a secondary account that no one knows anything about. Uh huh. With a fake birthday. That's right. Yeah. I uh, I started being very cautious when uh, I was with all my kids, and uh, we were searching something on the internet on. Uh, Cartoon Network. It was a cartoon called Teen Titans. And uh, really wouldn't think back then something that would scar my children would pop up on the screen, but there it was. And uh, that kind of brings up a topic that I've been wanting to talk about for a little bit. Uh, As far as video games go, I'm sure you've probably heard of uh, Grand Theft Auto, right? Oh, yeah. We played, like, my brother played it growing up. 
right? <laughs> well, there's uh, there's another one called Saints Row, and it's quite yep. uh, uh, worse. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's very Grand Theft Auto esque, way worse. Um, and uh, we were over to a friend's house one time, and I was hanging out with the kids. And one of the kids was like, "Hey, check this out!" Because apparently he thought I was cooler than I really was. But uh, he goes into his inventory and breaks out a giant purple dildo, and goes around town beating people to death with it. And uh, <laughs> when I told his mother about it, she didn't have a clue. Not a clue. Now, see, my son's not allowed to play G- or GTA or uh, uh, Saints Row because of it. He's also not allowed on the Steam network because I'd yeah, like to give all the a parents... lot of... <laughs> yeah like to give all the parents a heads up they got sex chess they got straight pornographic video games on steam very easily accessible to your to your kids Uh, (laughs) but in my wanderings talking to parents god forbid if they'd want to hear it You know, that's the scary part about it. There's a new game that came out called um, Silence of the Lambs, I think it is. Or... Hope. Mm-hmm. Is that what it was called, Silence of the Lambs? It's a very demonic um, video game. Mm-hmm. And Not surprising. Cult of the Lamb. That's what it is. What I know my daughter lamb? wanted to get it. C-U-L-T. Cult, Cult of the Lamb. Okay. She saw it on Steam and she wanted to get it. And I have a rule that I have to watch the gameplay first. I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gotten but a little I, twisted. Uh, yeah. I read, a, I read an article not too long ago about how it is some of these people writing the video games that are out there now are pedophiles. And that's the network that you're unknowingly allowing your child into if you're not checking these things. Yeah. I don't know. My son gets mad at me because I'm apparently paranoid. I worry too much. But I don't believe I'm so much of a warrior. Not with the way things are today. But we have, the thing though is that, you know, there's so many parents who don't watch what their kids are doing or not involved in their kids' lives. And I've talked to a lot of therapists and coaches and stuff that work with kids exclusively. And they said one of the biggest things that kids say is that if I ran away, it would take a couple of days for my parents to notice. Really? And that's literally how much time parents spend with their kids now. It is sad. They don't know what their kids are doing. You know, we had the benefit of not having cell phones. So, you know, our friends called our house and actually had, you know, interacted with our parents. You know, we always had that rule. Right. That, you know, our parents had to meet our friends before we could hang out with them. Well, my kids uh-huh. don't have that rule. Yeah, mine too. Yeah, you're not going to have over to yeah. hang out with somebody. If I don't know who their mom and dad are. Mm-hmm. But that's people don't part realize of the problem today. with it. That's it. 
and that's part of the problem with these, you know, with all this stuff going on with these kids, especially in schools and, you know, at different activities and stuff like that. Parents aren't involved and don't have that close relationship with their kids, so their kids don't talk to them. Right. Until it's too late. Yes. There's also no communication between the parents now either. Uh, I've actually tried to forge relationships with other parents in my neighborhood, and they just wouldn't have it. I mean, our kids are playing together. You don't care what they're doing? Or, uh... Nope. Slap a tracker on it. It'll be all right. And that is a big misconception. Because those trackers do not track in real time. No. I looked into them because of my son being autistic. He liked to get up and disappear, walk down the street, things like that. Mm-hmm. And we started sending him to um, a, a, a preschool program at one of the local schools. And you hear stories about kids leaving the school all the time, especially autistic kids. I was afraid right. that because I still haven't figured out how this works, because if you legally pedophiles cannot live near a school by law. Right. But yet, if you look at every school system where there's a school, there is going to be quite a few pedophiles around it. Yeah. Yeah. 500 yards is the limit, I think. But it doesn't matter. In that surrounding neighborhood, one in every seven houses could possibly have a pedophile living in there. And that's just the convicted pedophiles. Those are just the registered pedophiles. Yeah. How many of them didn't register? Right. Well, once you're convicted, you don't have a choice, but... That's true, but a lot of them don't. Right. They fall in the hole. They go on the run. I know right now Minnesota has one of the only facilities in the nation designed for repeat pedophiles and rapists where we can house you indefinitely. And it's basically like a community prison. Cool. If you're... They think that you're a repeat offender, will be a repeat offender. They don't have to release you under Minnesota state law, but it's being challenged right now. Of course it is. But we got a judge that ruled that we, they cannot release you while it's being pending. The law being challenged. And so far right. the Supreme Court has refused to hear it. Well, yeah, because they're trying to normalize pedophilia as it is. Mm-hmm. They, right. Well, they as the long law in the Supreme UK. don't rule on it, then those guys that were ruled repeats don't have to mm-hmm. be released. So I think it's called Moose Lake facility. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've got a literally pretty harsh opinion about that. I uh, I tend to lean towards an eye for an eye when it comes to that. Bible yeah. says you get a millstone. I, <laughs> the problem is, is that some of these young pedophiles, um, it's happened to them. Mm, yeah, the continuance theory. The continuance of behavior? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not excusing their behavior, but the thing is, is that a lot of parents, when it does happen to the kids, they deny it or they ignore it and don't do anything about it. Mm hmm. I don't know. 
think uh, general generational trauma is an excuse to destroy everybody else's life after you. Oh, no, it's not an excuse, but the thing is is that they are the ones that should be watched a little bit more. Oh, for sure. And when they start showing signs, they need to be evaluated a little bit more. They should be, you know, with a counselor or a therapist, somebody that can help them to prevent right. that from happening. I agree. But at the same time, we have an issue of jamming them all together into one criteria, you know, like a uh, uh, two 17-year-olds that are sexually active, one turns 18, and the parents want to throw one in prison. Well. The boy, usually. Usually. Or if, you know, the kid comes in at 15, 16 years old, goes to a party with a fake ID. Right. And turns out that, you know, she wasn't even close, and some 25-year-old gets nailed for it. But it happened to my buddy up in North Dakota at a college party. If one more guy would have came forward and said he slept with her at that party, they would have dropped the charges. Just need a second guy. One more other than him? Oh, a second guy. Okay. I was like, well, I mean, yeah. how many was there to begin with? <laughs> well, the rumor was there was quite a few. Right. But it wasn't like an overnight party. It was a weekend party. Right. One of those college frat parties. So it ran all weekend yeah. long. You went to jail for five years and lost basically everything because of her. Right. But at the same time, the parents need to be held, you know, accountable for their kids' actions, too, in the sense that, you know, your 15-year-old didn't come home. Right. I don't know. It just seems as though the world is falling apart as far as parenting skills go, the raising of our children. I literally blame our school system on that one. I really do. I blame the fact that we have we have a whole generation of kids that was all self-food for starters. That was a big trend back in the 70s and 80s. You had that mm-hmm. whole thing about how it was better to let them try it out. And they have proven that those kids that were raised to be just thrown into a basket and not played with, not held, nothing, never right. developed that empathy and that emotional part of their brain. So we were raising generations of psychopaths in a way. But at the same time, that generation now has kids. They don't know how to raise them because they never weren't raised. Well, I wasn't raised. I was beaten into a man, but I refused to beat my son into one. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's why I don't, I, I sound like I have like a real butthead when I say it, but I don't buy into a lot of the generational trauma. Yeah, that, right. I mean, because we have this society of people that blame everybody else for their problems. And <laughs> I've got a really good example, <laughs> but I don't think I'm allowed to talk about it. <laughs> um, I, you You write a bad review for a company and or because of the fact that they had a, a bad product or a bad service and you're the bad guy oh yeah you know what i mean 
I remember yeah. back in the day when Chips Ahoy said there was a thousand chips in every bag. Somebody proved him wrong, and they got paid. They didn't advertise yeah. that no more. How long has it been since a Big Mac looked like a Big Mac? <laughs> or you buy a big bag and you end up with like a quarter of them that actually has chips in it. Right? Yeah. You got these specially designed bags to, to make it look full, but it's two-thirds empty. Mm-hmm. And we just deal with this kind of thing nowadays. Not making too much sense because it's assaulting every aspect of our lives at this point. But it has a lot to do with cancel culture, too. You know, it's like, I love this aspect of it. Aunt Jemima. Her, her face has been the brand of that company for how many years? All right. And because of the people don't want that stigma or whatever, they're stigma. getting rid of her. Uh, the, successful you know, businesswoman? The, <laughs> yeah. I but, know. you know, she's a black woman wearing her little head, her little headscarf and, you know, traditional. <laughs> her grandson is speaking out about it and oh, yeah, he yeah. wants her kept he wants her legacy left alive. Yeah, yeah, I read that. Good for him. I, I still want Angie Mama on my breakfast table too. I ain't never gonna call her Pearl. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure her last name ain't Milling Company. But we live in such a cancel culture now that if you don't agree <coughs> or you say something, you're done. Right. Yeah. Um, or they attack you. Um, Sound of Freedom, the man that actually Vin Diesel's character is based off of. Vin Diesel's character? Now he's got it. Yep. He's got allegations against him. For the same thing that he, of what the movie was about. You're claiming that he's a pedophile now to destroy him. Oh, you're talking about Cavazel. Cavazel. Is that who it is? Yeah. Yeah, Cavazel. character. Um, damn it. And this is why I had it pulled up. Because I can't never remember his name. I heard something about it. Honey, what's the, who's the guy from the Sound of Freedom? What's his name? He had the Underground Railroad. Tim Ballard. Tim Ballard, yep. That's why. His name's Tim. I can't ever remember the name Tim. Yeah, yeah. First there was something about uh, convicted sex offender donated to the production of the movie. Yep. But they were crowdsourcing. So, uh, I mean... What are you going to do about that? I didn't hear anything about See, Tim Ballard being accused of pedophilia. But, uh, yeah, QAnon conspiracy theory, right? Yeah, he's got sexual misconduct accusations now. Oh. Of course he does. That's why I don't ever go anywhere without my wife. Took that advice from a man on Wall Street. Yep, hero accused of sexual misconduct. That's a shame. Mm -hmm. Well, sure hope it's not true. The thing is, and this is where I take it with a grain of salt, because there is, like, no details about it. Right. But I don't believe anything the media says anymore. Oh, here we go. Sexual misconduct allegations. Tim Ballard speaks out. 
the former former federal agent who took on child sex trafficking and inspired the movie Sound of Freedom has denied a report he left his Operation Underground Railroad organization amid multiple claims of sexual misconduct. As with all the assaults on my character and integrity over many years, the latest tabloid-driven sexual allegations are false. At least that's what he says. I hope you ain't lying, bro. <laughs> well, and the thing is, as Hulu just did a document, the Underground Railroad documentary. Uh-huh. Not on this Underground Railroad, on a different one. And... uh how she treated those kids and no one talked about it. No? It was a female that had an underground railroad, yeah. huh? Yeah. Was that was that the one that happened in the eighties or seventies? I believe so. Where she was interrogating them. Yeah. Because of uh uh her husband like straight stole her kids from her or something. Yep. Yeah. 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 Didn't she end up going to prison? I didn't watch the rest of it. I just couldn't deal with watching her do what she did to those kids. But I'm yeah. a big advocate of the Underground Railroad, and I'm a promoter, and I work, I've i worked with some of the kids that were moved through the Underground Railroad. Ah, says I was almost involved in it when I was a kid. In my childhood. Yeah. Just because seems... social services is gonna put me back in the house. They gave me two options. I can go to the Jacob Berling home for misfit kids or go back home. Huh. Because I was so close to aging out. I was 16 going on 17. All right. And I got caught when I ran away because I went to But that's the sad part about it, though, is these kids, when they hit 16, a lot of places don't want to do anything about it. They don't want to help them because they're so close to aging out. Right. But at that point, they're uh, they're usually pretty rebellious. Well, wouldn't you that's, be uh, if you had get sent from place to place and no one listens to anything you say? Oh, I was. Yeah, that was me. I got foster homed. I got group homed. And my dad decided he was going to try and hit my mother. I hit him. And then the shit hit the fan. Yep. That's, uh, and that's how it works. Yeah. That's why I want my end kids game get punished. to be a support system for the kids that are aging out of foster care. I, I am working on a program. Foster care. Right. I am working on a program currently. It's still, I have a few more hours left before I can do my, to certify individuals. So what we're create, I'm working on creating is teaching foster kids how to be life coaches. And specialize in working in the mental health aspect of it to help other foster kids. That's a good idea. It's like the Big Brother Big Sister program. Right. Kids that are in the system. Right. And help from the inside out. And that way, by the time they're done, they'll be board certified. So that means that they can actually go to insurance companies and bill insurance companies and actually have that income coming in and have that job and that system set up. So they'll have a place to go. They'll have their own money. They'll have all that background ready for them if they want to continue that or go to college. 
Cool. That sounds like a great idea. I really hope it works out. We're working on the trial program right now in our county. Yeah? Good. Yeah, I hope it works. You're going to get the bad eggs, you know, but. Well, there's bad eggs everywhere. Yeah. I know, 45-year-old bad eggs. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I did my best. I was married to one. Key phrase in that statement was, was married to one. But that's the problem with society, though, is that they're too quick to write everything off. And then we we teach the, the kids, especially in the foster system, that, you know, that they're in foster. There's no hope. They're just better off going to McDonald's and working for the rest of their life. Right. I actually just talked to a fellow the other day that aged aged out of the foster care system. And then there was a nonprofit that uh, trained him to be an advocate for other foster kids. Uh, apparently, he did some work here in Florida uh, with uh, Jeb Bush some time ago. Oh, yeah? He's, yeah, he's trying to come on a podcast. But we'll see. Seems like a pretty decent fella. But uh, he got tied up in what he's calling false allegations. And uh, I really want to get his story out there. Now, he would be a good... Um, Go ahead. He'd be a good option for a host for the new teen line that we're working on putting together. I oh, ran it last fall. <laughs> he's old yeah, now. But he's lived that, ex- but he's lived that experience. All and right. so um, we create, you remember the 90s, the old love line? Uh-huh. I wanna do, I'm going to bring back that. We did it last year. But it's all about the struggles, the mental health issues. Right. And having a place for kids to call in and talk about their problems and stay anonymous. Right. That's a good idea, too. They definitely need a lot more of a support system than what they're afforded today. Oh, sad part is, is that if people brought, you know, if we put the money in where it belongs and the top tier stop making all these big money. Uh Uh-huh. We have more money for things. But then, too, you know, like you were talking about last week, you know, the government, anytime you work with the government, you double the price. Right. Risk having it taken away. Mm-hmm. But uh, that same fellow I was talking about was telling me how uh, him and his nonprofit were getting ready to start a new program. But were literally screwed out of the funding and it was by the people opposite them going for the funding. And uh, I I guess the founder of that nonprofit was uh, quite a rich fella, quite a large salary. But we'll see. I'm still investigating that one. That was a fast hour. Yeah, it was. Looks like it's time to go. Only because I have to make dinner. (laughs) So join us next week with Voices of Hope with Chris. And join us tomorrow at noon Eastern time with Captain Len Kane with he's got exciting news tomorrow. I'll spill the beans a little early. He just got his nomination, so it'll be the sixth nomination for Nobel Peace Prize. 
maybe this year he'll actually win it. Oh, that'd be good. Probably won't happen, but. <laughs> Can't complain about a Nobel Peace Prize if you do. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so have a good day and join us back here next week. Bye for now. See you later, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Optimize My Life Radio. We hope you found today's show insightful and empowering. Remember to follow us on social media at Optimize My Life for updates, additional resources, and to stay connected with our community. Join us back here tomorrow at 12 p.m. Eastern for another enriching episode as we continue our journey towards a more fulfilling and optimized life. Until then, take care, and remember to make each day count. Oh,